Welcome to the Souls and Stardust podcast. I'm Mio. And I'm Shannon. We're two soul sisters navigating through our human experience on a journey towards healing. Join us for a candid and fun discussion on all things spiritual, soulful, intuitive, and magical. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Souls and Stardust. We are so happy to be back. This is the start of our season four, and we've gotten so much great feedback from people who have listened and really encouraging us to keep going. So here we are doing it again. We've got a number of things lined up, and today we're going to actually be talking about spirit animals, familiars, um, the connections that we have to animals, and then how they could actually be messengers to us uh, or guides in certain ways. So we're really excited about digging into this just a little bit. And we've got lots of personal examples. And so we'll teach you a little bit about what to pay attention to, how, how you can start to interpret these experiences, how you can connect um, with your own power animals and your own spirit animals. So that's really, really interesting. Um, Yeah, we've got a lot to say. I know Mio's excited about this because she has lots of animal experiences too that are pretty funny. Not not like lots, but... (laughs) Well, you have like, I'm, I was hoping you could tell your stories about the bees that always show up or. Yeah. The bees are. Yeah. We'll definitely. Yeah. I'll jump cool. in with those. Awesome. So this topic came about, well, one, because, um, I have a really strong connection to nature. So I end up seeing a lot of messages through nature in particular animals. And I have a very strong connection with my dog who I consider a familiar to me. Um, we have an emotional and a psychic connection. I can feel what she's feeling and I can almost have full on conversations with her. So we'll talk a bit about how that works and how it can work for you. Um, so I have a lot of history. Well, not a lot. I have some history that's really interesting. And then we'll talk more about the modern day. What do you do with this information or these experiences and how it's treated now versus um, centuries ago? Someone had asked, you know, what do you think about familiars? And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to go look up the term familiars to see what it means or has meant through history and, and how that relates to the way I view animal spirit animal encounters or messages from nature now. And it actually is quite different. So I wanted to point out that difference so that you all know how it has evolved through history. Um, The term familiar has its roots, obviously, in paganism and especially the Wiccan tradition of spirituality, which has been established for many, many centuries, particularly in um, most of Europe. And this familiar is in reference to an animal companion that was usually used in ritual, so pagan rituals, or it was seen as some kind of like energetic assistant to the person who's practicing. Unfortunately, familiars through history, especially in Europe, were thought to be uh, tiny demons or uh, <laughs> vessels. <laughs> when I was reading this, I was like, holy shit. Um, so they were seen to like be vessels for small demons that were actually gifted to witches by the devil himself. And they were then sent out to do the witch's bidding for whatever she or he 
um, wanted done. So you think of like ravens and crows and black cats, especially, Um, but it, but it was like, it was also small rodents like rats and mice and um, toads and frogs and (laughs) snakes and those kinds of things. So, but in particular cats would get a bad reputation for being familiars. And when I was like preparing notes for this podcast, I kept thinking of the film, um, the golden compass. Have you seen that film, Mio? Uh-uh. Oh, it's really interesting. It's a book that they adapted to film and it's really interesting, but the main premise is that, you know, you're on this like soul journey and you have this animal familiar that is actually an aspect of your soul. So if something happens to that animal, so, and then it happens to you as well. So you're like, you function as this pair Interesting. Um, yeah, but you're two separate physical entities. And so that What's film- the golden compass it's the his dark materials um series of books but the golden compass is the first one in the series and that's the only one they made a film out of got it um, okay. but it's really good it has a lot of like it's that animal human interface and um very conscious um energetic presence in everything so it's really interesting to think about but when I was preparing these notes, I was like, oh man, okay. So animals were seen as an extension of a person's energy, but also working in tandem with them to carry out whatever. So that's how familiars in Europe were defined for many, many, many years. In Scandinavia, familiars are, um, or were considered spirits of nature or the land and that could include fairies dwarves other elementals so in Scandinavia in particular they like fairies are a big part of the culture and um elemental beings especially and so they were believed to inhabit the physical bodies of animals and they would move around that way and but once Christianity came about like became widespread um this practice like it went underground because anything that was a spirit was either an angel and if it wasn't an angel it was demonic so there was yeah terrible persecution and it was really awful so in fact actually many domestic animals were killed because of their association with um, pagans, known witches or heretic people who didn't believe in Christianity were automatically labeled as something evil. And so their animals were, would also be killed. Oh, I know. Freaking <laughs> brutal, man. <laughs> brutal. And as I was doing a little bit more research, I was coming across all these strange stories, like during the Salem witch trials, you know, if you were accused of being a witch or a heretic, all of your animals would be killed along with you. Um, There was even a case, like a story that there was one gentleman who was actually killed for being a witch and he, his dog was put on trial, found to be guilty and then hung. They hung the dog too. Oh my God. I know. Freaking awful, man. I can't imagine. I know. For Roscoe. I know when in actuality, the dog was probably just trying to protect the man and they um, interpreted that as a demonic spirit. So fascinating. So that is part of history. It's very vivid. Um, And we've seen in films too, like how 
it, that's been portrayed. Somebody right. who is into dark magic or a witch or what a warlock, they usually have some familiar with them. We see that a lot in Disney films and all kinds of stuff. So you get the picture. Today, that definition of a familiar has shifted quite a bit, typically because, you know, the bigger population or the new age community has co-opted the term familiar um, to be something more magical and less threatening, um, if you will. I don't even think it's threatening, but so it's basically describing an animal that you have a magical connection with, a psychic connection, an empathic connection. Um, and it's it's a living, actual living animal that you share time with and or that is um, your companion or that shows up often. So this would be a physical animal, would be a familiar. Okay. And that's how it's different than um, a power or a spirit animal, which we'll talk about in just a few minutes. But this is just like, you know, having a familiar is having a bond in some way with an animal and where you feel like you've known them. We've talked before. I know I've made reference on my Instagram page that my dog is a soulmate because we feel so connected that way. And I, I do truly feel that we have animals that come into our lives because we need them or mm-hmm. they need us. Like they're meant to teach us something. And that is the way the universe is sending us the lesson through something as innocent and beautiful as an animal that we're meant to care for. So yeah, a familiar is any animal that you have a special bond with psychic, empathic, something that you're really attuned to, um, as a, as a human partner to it. And let me point out first too, there are so many references to this topic on the internet. You can do Google searches, just, you know, be mindful of what information you're taking in. And and if it resonates with you, that's amazing. Uh, There are several people that have written really detailed books about this topic. Animal Speak is my ultimate favorite book. It's by Ted Andrews, and he goes into the uh, physical characteristics, the behavioral characteristics. characteristics of different animals and how that can be used by us as information for how to move through our own lives. And then what there's, I'm sorry, that's called animal speak. And I can put this in the episode notes too. Okay. animal speak. And by far, that's my go-to book for um, this type of information. And then there's a book by Stephen Farmer called Animal Spirit Guides. And that is like a quick reference. It doesn't go into quite the depth, but he has a broader spectrum of animals that are in the book. And that's a great place to start too. So let's go ahead and define what power and spirit animals are, because that's what a lot of people make reference to these days. And so, um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, that's my spirit animal, you know, and they're jokingly saying, I appreciate that person's characteristics or personality and I want to embody it. Oh, they're my spirit animal or that animal, you know, and a lot of people also want to have a spirit animal that's like fierce and strong when in actuality, like a true spirit animal could be something very tiny and meek, but have very powerful medicine. So an animal Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be big or flashy in order for it to have power behind it, which is incredible to understand too. 
power animals and spirit animals. They're um, the same thing, but power animals tend to be these entities that stick around. So whereas spirit animals can be messengers or protectors for short periods of time. Um, So a power animal, but would be something that you actually integrate into your being. So you actually take on characteristics of that animal and it's part of your personality. Um, For instance, where I think your rising sign comes into play. Ooh. So I hadn't even thought about integrating astrology, but that makes total sense because the energy behind it. So a power animal would be something that consistently shows up. It's, it's there. Like I was just telling you before we started, um, I have lots of animals show up in very bizarre, unexpected ways, but always hawks are there. So I can be driving and no matter where I'm going, I will see hawks in the most obscure places where no one else will see them, but I'm able to pick it out right away. So they are ever present and they've been ever present for me for many, many years. I've always been fascinated by them. And it has been just in the last several years where I've realized like, oh, that's an aspect of me. That's a guide showing up as part of me to remind me what my capabilities are and you know what's the medicine there so hawks Mm -hmm. are keen eyesight they daytime and they are um very fast and they are very strong and they're there's they're very intuitive and insightful so there's tons of medicine there so a power animal would be something that's there for much longer duration And, um, like I think about people who collect animal figurines or they're just like really drawn to a certain animal and like whole lives. Right. Yeah. Like, well, that's a power animal probably. Right. So there's there's like, I'm even thinking like, so native American and stuff, is that more like power animal? Cause do their beliefs say, is that like, it follows them for their lifetime or is it same thing where it could be temporary or. Well, I think it's, it can be temporary, but then they also have ones that follow them. And I'm not, I'm not indigenous, right? So I can't speak to the nuances of the native American culture and different tribes and clans have very different views on animals. So that's a very, it's a cultural thing, subcultural thing. But what I do understand is that families can have, um, these totems that are there. Oh, that's the word I was thinking. Yeah. Of. yeah. Yep. And so that's an animal that is, Sorry, spirit, um, this is like, this is not my, this is like, this is all new ish. Yeah. Okay. It's come to you with like this stuff. So yeah. Well, <laughs> and I'm still learning a lot of it too. Um, I mean, I do have native roots, right. But that's like several generations back and it's not anything I was raised with. So everything that I am learning, I'm having to go and seek it out. And what I have learned about native cultures is that they, you know, families will have these totems, clans will have these totems and it'll be a specific animal or a set of animals that really um, reflects what they embody as their unit. Right. And they get, they look for wisdom through that, animal and they ask for the animal's medicine and they look signs through nature just like we do and but they have a lot of reverence for it too 
Right. That's so, what I was thinking of is like the, the respect and the, mm-hmm. they tend to, you know, and obviously if anyone wants to add commentary to this, please, um, they tend to be more connected and aware of what's happening in the natural world and more intricately connected to it just because of the tradition of, um, living so closely and looking at nature as brother and sister to them. And so it's, it's part of their family unit and any, anything that happens in nature, they're looking at it as part of the family communicating. So, I mean, that's how I understand it. And then I tend to think of spirit animals. Then when we make reference to that, are these like unique messengers that show up at different points in your life? And it can be something very unexpected or a bizarre encounter Um, It can even happen in dreaming. So we can get to the dreaming part in a moment, but I think we romanticize this idea of spirit animals and um, we do have to pay attention to like, okay, someone shows up a bird or a bear or a deer. Is this, are they just doing their normal thing? It could be that they're doing their normal thing, but if it's like a situation where a bear walked out in front of your car and stood there and looked at you, (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. you had a moment. Well, I would consider or that. Like when I saw the cat and the coyote playing together. <laughs> yes. Right. So I would have been like, Mio, look that shit up. Right. Yeah. Because that's who that's expected. Yeah. Yep. And then, or when you have that dove, when you were like out on that yeah. photo on shoot, that photo shoot. And that dove was like riding on your car. Right. So look that yeah. up. <laughs> that was so, crazy. So you want to pay attention, right? But you also want to consider like when is an animal showing up and just doing its normal thing? Like, are they just birds coming to your bird feeder or is it a squirrel that's like tapping on your window with a nut in its mouth? Like that happened to me, right? And it's, that's weird. So I look it up. Um, so I pay attention when it's something that's unexpected or strange out of the ordinary. It's not just, Hey, they're going about their animal business. They still are going about their animal business, but like very clearly you're having this encounter that catches your attention and makes you stop. Another example, I was driving and had, uh, I see eagles all the time. Cause I live in an area where eagles are abundant, but I had one swoop down right in front of my car while I was driving I could see its eye. Like I could see the color of its eye. It was that Whoa. close. And so I knew like, okay, I'm going to have to look up ego medicine and see what it says. And it's about spirituality, the bridge between the physical and the spirit world. And at that time I was going through this, like, how do I, this stage of how do I step into my more metaphysical side and really like have confidence in that? So it was, it happened at a perfect time for me to pay attention power animals tend to show up over and over and over again to get your attention. And you you will usually notice them. And no matter what you will notice them, spirit animals will typically come in and go out with specific like medicine that you need at that point in your life. Right. So, so that's the distinction that I make. I always pay attention though, because I feel like there's, you know, everything is energy and the universe knows how to get our attention. So the physical world, especially nature, people will stop and look. And it is 
one of the easiest ways to get our attention. So when you have an encounter like that, you're going to want, you're going to remember it and then maybe go further and say, okay, what did that mean? And then look for some more answers. So everything's energy. It's just a way to get us some messages. Okay. So tell me, what do you think about all that? I just spouted. (laughs) So I learned something new today. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like I didn't even think about with the familiars and like all of that, was like, all right, that's very interesting because my interaction with nature now is very like, you know how I am when I do my readings, I pick up on, it's like spirit communicates with me through so many different ways and nature is one of them. So when I'm tuned into someone's energy and asking for signs about things, it's like, I can just literally walk outside my door, turn my head, the hummingbirds right there, but then I can see it and I'll watch it go off with like three other hummingbirds. And so then I'm like, okay, this has to do with the reading. And then I'll ask them, okay, is there three people? And then did they all go their own ways or blah, 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 blah. So it's like, I'm paying attention to what they're doing when I'm reading. So that's how I pick up on it. Well, and, and plus what is the energy of a hummingbird? And is that applicable to who you're reading for? Yes. Yes. So the There's all of these, yeah, all of these elements and it could be medicine that you need too. So there's like layer upon layer upon layer of that can be used for insight, which it's so fascinating. If we just stop to pay attention and, and then like in that moment, we think, okay, what is happening in my own life that this might be showing me a way through Um, we just don't take enough time to do that, but hopefully you guys listening will maybe think differently about it. Now, if you were to do some internet research on what is a spirit animal, what is power animal? I think consistently what you'll find is that these are actually higher vibrational guide energies that are choosing to show themselves in a physical form and Mm -hmm. animals are easiest because it won't freak you right the fuck out when you see them. Right. So, (laughs) right. (laughs) So it's more gentle. It's, it's more awe inspiring. We tend to look on with like childlike wonder when we have these experiences. So we're more open to it and it's not going to be shocking to us. Right. And, um, whereas, you know, meeting your guides in other ways could be kind of unnerving. So I really feel like that's important to put forward is that when you have these encounters with animals, it is the universe speaking to you through uh, the natural world and passing along messages and your guides are heavily involved in this process too. And they will show themselves in animal form to make it easier for you to identify with and take in as something that's a part of your soul journey. So I tend to think of things that way about spirit animals. Okay. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Okay. So when do you pay attention? All the time. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. Everything's Um, a sign. (laughs) Yep. Especially if, if something happens unexpectedly, you need to pay attention. If you come across a stray cat, right? A cat that shows up or a dog that shows up and you have no idea where it came from in that is sticking around. It's probably something for you. Like there's a lesson for you. It was attracted to you. Um, you attracted it. You both need each other. So think of things that way, like, um, something that's showing up unexpectedly and hanging around 
it's a message for you, or you're meant to do more with it. If it is something very bizarre, like outside of, of what you feel like is normal animal behavior, or you happen to be caught in the middle of their behavior. Sometimes they're just doing animal things. Well, they're doing animal things all the time, but sometimes you're in a situation where it's like, it's really strange. Um, it's like you're observing it differently. That's the best way I can say is, is the minute your consciousness shifts, your awareness shifts, and now you're yeah. observing these and then they're almost performing in front of you to <laughs> yes. just do something. That's when it's different. It's like and, Schrodinger's cat, right? <laughs> uh-huh. And then I would say, um, so doing mediumship stuff, I have a lot of uh, people's family members that it's not that they are the birds or that they are the spiders. It's that they will send their energy through yes. these and signs. Like my cousin with her last name being Weber, we talked about a sign from her grandpa being a spider web or spiders, right? Oh, yeah. And she tells me this. And then the very next morning, a freaking spider falls on me at a restaurant, like from the ceiling. And then it was like, there was like one or two more signs. And so she'll periodically send me stuff whenever we'll both get like spiders and spider web signs back to back whenever she's thinking of her grandpa. And then all of a sudden she sees a sign from it or like my, my grandmother and her sister, they come to me together all the time, uh, which is funny. Cause that's actually her, her grandma and my oh, grandma, okay, gotcha. sisters. They will come together in pairs of hummingbirds. Oh, cool. So, can be thinking about them, tuning into them. And then I'll walk outside and boom, two hummingbirds together, right? Mm-hmm. Like not a hundred feet away, like right in front of my face to the point where I can feel the, Hey, see me. I'm here. Yep. Totally. Very, very like I can, I can hear the buzzing. I can hear the sound they make. I can feel the little wind of them going by or they'll stop and sit there for a second and then go off together. It's super mm-hmm. weird, but I'm like, okay. Hey, mama, hey tata. Like, <laughs> super cool. It's super cool. I mean, again, it's, it's the spirit world, just using things to, mm-hmm. to yes. let us know, to, to get our attention, to get us to pay attention. That's awesome. Those are awesome examples. We were camping a few years ago and there was this owl at night that would call and it was, it was actually a barn owl. And um, I have a thing for birds, so I know them by call, but, <laughs> um, but, but where, yes, air sign, but where we were, it was like no place that a barn owl would typically pick as their habitat. So I thought that was strange to begin with. And then one night in the middle of the night, my son had woke me up and cause he was itching. He had like mosquito bites that were itching. So I was helping mm-hmm. him. And then I, so I was wide awake. And then all of a sudden this freaking owl comes down and lands on the top of our tent and sits there for like two seconds, three seconds, and then flies away. And I was like, holy shit. That's intense. It was (laughs) totally insane. And my, my son and I were like, oh my God, did you see that was a, that was an owl. And it was just nuts. So the next morning I was like, okay, I know I have to look this up. And it, you know, owls, owl medicine is all, I mean, it was, it came down on the tent. So quite obviously it was trying to pass along medicine or the message. And when I say medicine, it's the energetic um, attributes that they master and that we are allowed to take into ourselves and use it for, um, our you way give forward. An example of like, so owls, 
um, very interestingly, their eyeballs take up 70% of their skull space. So they are able to see in the dark, like no other animal can, and they are able to turn their heads 180 degrees, like a swivel. So they're able to see in all directions with perfect vision at nighttime. They're able to see into the dark where nothing else really can, not as well as them. And they, so it's all about insight, intuition, seeing into the shadows, the dark spaces, being able to see the mm -hmm. lessons there. And then they also are soundless when they have feather adaptations where um, they don't make a sound when they fly because their feathers have these extra um, filaments on them to make it um, soundless when they fly. Okay. So they can hunt better. They move through the dark like ghosts and you know, what, what better medicine for a psychic intuitive and healer mm -hmm. <laughs> than to have owl medicine. And it's a very wise energy. So I was like, shit, I'm going to take that. You want to give me medicine like that? I'm going to take that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was super cool. And that was actually, um, that was right at the time that I was really transitioning into healing work. So it was significant that way. So I that came and dropped it off. It's like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, thank you for that spirit. I'll definitely take that. So that is an example of something happening to catch your attention. And in such a bizarre fashion, um, that you really do need to pay attention to see what's there for you. Um, but sometimes they are just being animals, right. And probably very likely that owl had seen a mouse running across the campsite and it went past the tent and the owl was going down to try to get the mouse, but it got my attention in a strange way. Like it had an interaction with me. And if the tent top wasn't there, it would have landed on me. So mm -hmm. I thought of that as immediately as um, medicine. So my rule of thumb is if it's sudden, unexpected, bizarre in some way, or you have this moment where you like, you share eye contact even, or just you're sharing space and it's quiet and you're regarding each other. I consider those all circumstances where, um, pay attention, see what that animal is trying to give to you in terms of insight. I have had so many, I'm like one of these people that, you know, I'm really tuned into nature. So mm -hmm. I get a lot of messages this way from spirit and I really love it, but I have just so many examples. <laughs> so like I had a hummingbird fly in, into my house, like through a door into oh. my house and go make rounds through the kitchen, through the dining room, through the living room. And I'm like the whole time I was just like trying to tell it, you know, just chill. I'll grab you. You can go back out. And finally I was able to catch it and hold it in my hands and then bring it outside. But so that was definitely a, a situation where I was like, okay, I'll take the medicine that you're offering a friend who has taken in a baby squirrel and raised it and now has a very strong bond with this squirrel. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, so then it's like, then there's that bond there. So I'm pretty sure this person is meant to integrate squirrel energy or squirrel medicine at this point in his journey. So that's really lovely as well. Yeah. I would say mine, uh, that I've talked about before, it's always with the bees. And that's because like, even things that are in a name, you know, my, my real name, Melissa means honeybee and it's a 
So it's probably a power animal for you. Yeah, it's, it's definitely is because it's repetitive and it's so symbolic that what's in a name is oftentimes even related to your astrology and your placements and like the things that you're doing and and what you're called to do. So let's say, look at the bee and what does a bee do? It pollinates. It's about community. It's about spreading. It's about collecting and it's about Mm -hmm. hive mentality. My North node being in like my, my groups and communities, right? So what is that? My name literally meaning honeybee Mm -hmm. and my North node being in Gemini of spreading information and, you know, building community and helping to cultivate. And then my Taurus sun being an earthly thing. And so then it's very much like producing what is their byproduct. They're producing the hive and the honey and like all of these things that have so many benefits. So I'm learning about how even people's names and astrology and all of these different things can tie in to their spirit animals that come through or like how they're getting, how it's communicating that way. And like some people can connect with the fish and so yes. people can connect with the water animals and yep. um, really like I've had bees fly in my house multiple times, like in the same week, two in a row and nice. then fly up to me and Ezra and just sit there for a second and like take off after I tell it to like mentally in my head, like, please go. <laughs> yes. Don't, don't sting. Don't get scared and sting. Um, I'm going to read to you what be like the power animal. If B is your power animal, you are industrious, focused, and committed to whatever task you're working on, which is so you, oh my <laughs> God, you are quite capable of being successful at anything you attempt, which I wholeheartedly agree with. It takes quite a bit to get you riled up, but when you do, you have to be careful not to sting others too harshly with your words. Ah. Sure. Okay. Yep. Mars yep. Gemini. You have a powerful effect on others such that when you give someone your loving attention, they blossom and open up to you, which is totally your nature, that Taurus motherly nurturing energy. And although you're self-sufficient, you do your best when working cooperatively with others. Yep. 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 That's that's my Venus Venus in my 11th house, making things with others. And, and it just aligns to nurturing too. that, that part of Venus in my, Cause Venus is in my cancer or Venus in cancer. So it's like everything you just said relates to that. Yeah. And I want to bring up to this idea of like, you can have these encounters and sometimes the encounters aren't very, um, aren't very pleasant. Like you got stung by a scorpion oh, yeah. I don't know, early <laughs> in the fall. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just, immediately I was, was like, today. yeah, I immediately was like, Neo, you have to look that up because that is that's that animal is like forcing the medicine onto you. It's called an initiation. So while it's not pleasant, it's, it's a physical interaction where there's the transfer of energy, like the spiritual energy. And earlier in this same house, I was bit twice in the leg by a spider. Oh, see spider medicine is laying there sleeping relaxed, completely relaxed. And then the spider bit me twice mm-hmm. and I like had to jump up and like, that was scary. That was almost scarier than the fucking scorpion. Just yeah. Well, it's not, <laughs> I mean, like they're venomous creatures, right? So it's, you don't know how your body's going to react, but that spider medicine, by the way, is really powerful. It's, 
it's very powerful energy. So I love that you got bit twice. Um, but when you do have an interaction like that, and a lot of times you'll have that interaction physically, maybe like, you know, on occasion, a lot of times you'll have those initiation, um, interactions with animals in dream time. If you dream about animals, you need to look those up because that's especially symbolic. You're being fed, um, visual information to be used as a message. So every time you dream about an animal, look it up and try to figure out how to integrate that as insight. Um, but initiations experiences will happen in dreaming. I, there was a period where I dreamt about snakes a lot and I have dreamt about snakes Yeah, and they would, every dream, they would follow me and they would bite me over and over and over again. That's considered the animal giving you their medicine. And it, again, it's not pleasant, scary as fucking dreaming. Right. And you're like, what's happening. And I've had different species of snakes. I would dream about cobras and rattlesnakes and water snakes and all of these venomous freaking snakes and boa constrictors, which will squeeze you to death. And each one of them attacking me is them giving me medicine. And guess what snakes snake is? What? It's the medicine of, it's like healer of the healers. It's transformation energy. It's like potent healing energy, working with energy to heal. Like, (laughs) I know, isn't that wild? I used to have a snake too. Like a nine foot. Yeah. Holy shit. Eight or nine foot Burmese python. Albino. It was albino Burmese python. Oh, I bet you it was beautiful though. (laughs) I don't want to snuggle with that though. So you guys, when animals show up in dreaming, pay attention. And whenever I'm teaching energy healing, we do a ton of meditation when we're, we're learning energy healing and we're receiving our Reiki placements, people will have animals show up. And I always tell them, okay, write it down and then look it up because that is part of the gifts that you're being given. That's part of how your energy is going to work right now and how you're going to be working with energy. So I always look those up. Um, no matter what I've been attacked by bears, mauled by bears in dreams and Oh, in dreams. Okay. Yes. No, <laughs> no, like in dreaming. So I've dreamt about bears attacking me, snakes, um, jaguars, um, running after me, chasing me lions. Yeah. I would say lions and eye contact with lions, like being mm-hmm. Leo rising. I feel like that's another power one for me. Like the, the, essence of a lioness. Mm -hmm. Well, and big cat energy. So big cats, tigers, lions, pumas, jaguars, they're all variations of the Kundalini rising energy. And it's very, um, specifically linked into personal power and like sexuality, sexual energy, like standing in your power. It's the feminine, it's the masculine, it's that rising Kundalini energy. So that's interesting. Like pay attention to where you are in your life and what you're dreaming about, especially these animals, because it's indicative of what you're going through energetically and spiritually on your journey of evolution. And those books that I mentioned before, they're super helpful, especially the Ted Andrews book, Animal Speak, teaches you how to interact with your power animal, how to call in animal messengers, how to work with the natural world to gain insight. There's so many great tools in that book. I I just find it an invaluable resource. In fact, I just sent pages of it like 
screenshots of it to a, a person, um, a friend who had a dream about three young black wolves. And I was like, Ooh. dude, three is a divine number. These were young wolves. They were all black the color is, you know, significant. What are you going through? Like, this is about, is this about so many things for you. And, um, I haven't heard back from him yet, but he said, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> Think about how these animals show up. You know, um, we just gave some examples of our own life, but like, you know, I had squirrels for the longest time. I was seeing squirrels like peeking in my windows and, you know, have hiding walnuts in my car. And one even tapped on my window with a nut in its mouth. Right. And, and that was at a time when I was taking my, myself entirely way too seriously. And squirrels are about being, um, industrious, like planning resourceful, but they're also about playfulness. And so there's that energy that I needed to lighten up and enjoy the present moment, um, while preparing for the future, uh, crows and ravens are usually indicative of magic or something very, um, spiritual alchemical and lots of birds of prey, big ones, especially are that bridge to the higher realms and spirituality, also insightfulness, um, being aware, looking at the big picture and then having keen eyesight. So paying attention Fox. I love when Fox shows up because they're like, they're super clever and they're, they're sneaky, you know, like they're, they, mm-hmm. they are masters at moving around without being seen. So, um, that can be, you know, interpreted many ways, but I think Fox is, you know, a master at, um, blending in and moving through life in a way when you need to just be quiet and focus on you and move through your landscape without, you know, uh, garnering attention that's not needed at the moment. I was just thinking how like, okay, when I was on that photo shoot with Austin, how the white dove jumped on his car, right? And then Mm -hmm. followed us to the next photo shoot. And then when I was in the Bay Area and driving to go see my friend Maxine, who's also very spiritually connected, intuitive, I'm like right around the corner from her house. And there's like 10 turkeys. And one of them was like standing on top of a car. (laughs) Like so, I posted that on my story and she had responded. Like, she's like, I never, she's like, I've never seen one on top of a car before, mm-hmm. like in her neighborhood. So I was like, of course, birds on cars for me, birds on cars. <laughs> I just yeah. find it really interesting when we have those, those situations, like, huh, that's bizarre. I'm going to, cause it's such a, yeah, it's such a unique isolated incident. It's not like I see, you know, tons of turkeys on cars, but when it's paired up with like, okay, I also saw a white dove and it sat on our car and mm-hmm. literally hung out with us for a whole last photo shoot. So this past spring, I happened upon a baby Robin that was not going. And so many of you probably watched my stories because I had her first for six weeks, just raised her and then allowed her to fly the coop. <laughs> but oh. I happened upon her in my yard and I knew she was going to die if we, if I didn't do anything. Normally you're just supposed to let him be because Robins will come, you know, wherever they are, Robins will come and feed them. And it's not a big deal, but like it was going to, she didn't have enough feathers and it was going to be freezing the next three nights. And I just knew like, if I don't take care of her, she's going to die. So I scooped her up and, and my children were thrilled to have a baby bird in the house. And, um, 
you know, I looked up Robin medicine at that time and it was, it was really beautiful what I was choosing to bring into my life with, with bringing this baby bird in and then caring for her. I mean, I had to cut up night crawlers, which are huge fucking worms and then feed them to her. And it was the most disgusting thing ever, but she was so happy and like, oh my God, she'd have such a full belly and she'd like pass out sleeping after she ate. And it was just really lovely to watch her grow. But at that time in my life and looking at what Robin medicine was me choosing to be the mother to this baby Robin was super significant to how I was moving through different things at that time. And then when it came time for her to go, it was an emotional thing. Like she came back a couple of days to say hello and to hop on my shoulder and on my head and in my hand, but she wouldn't let me hold her the way that she normally did. And then she did that a couple of days and then I didn't see her again. So Robin is about letting go of anything in your life that's not working anymore and anything that's become stagnant and to plant the seeds for all of your new stuff so you can start growing those things that are right for you. So, you know, letting go of attachment, all kinds of stuff to about letting go, letting go of the things that you've outgrown so that you can step into the new uh, create space. I'm sentimental that way, but that little Robin was showing me how I needed to move through things in a different way and mothering her so I could mother myself through the process of letting go. Wait, are you cancer rising or cancer moon? I'm cancer rising. Yeah. I'm I'm an Aquarius moon, which means I'm like semi-detached emotionally at times. So like my cancer rising. (laughs) But the cancer rising with the Libra sun, this is literally you caring for a bird that should be flying in the air. Like, yes, (laughs) (laughs) yes. She was so awesome. It was just really cool. So if you guys haven't watched the the mama bird stories on my Instagram page, you'll, you'll get a good glimpse of her. She was amazing. A lot of times people want to pick their spirit animal. And it just, it doesn't work that way. Um, they like, I want to be a bear or I'm a wolf or I'm this, or I'm that something like big and fierce when really maybe what your soul expression needs, or maybe your strong suits is something smaller, like a deer mouse or a frog or something like that. And while that may not be appealing in terms of like power or strength or grandiose appearance, it's just as effective for you as a soul expression. And the medicine is probably exactly what you need so that you can serve others in Mm. beautiful ways. So everybody wishes for their spirit animal to be something like amazing, which all of nature is amazing. Um, But in reality, like the animal picks you, you don't get to pick the animal. So size doesn't matter. It's not a reflection of power. Some of the most powerful animals actually are the smallest. So think of a bee and its sting Mm -hmm. or the scorpion, right? Or how a bee is a pollinator, you know, bees and flying insects are pollinators for like over 70% of our fruiting trees Mm -hmm. and plants. That's a big deal. If we didn't have those, we wouldn't fucking exist. Right. So (laughs) that's a big deal when you're trying to call this in or call in a connection or realize your connection, 
just let the universe know that you're ready to understand what that is and pay attention to what shows up regularly and look up those aspects of that animal. Like I'd mentioned, Hawk has always been there for me and I see it everywhere. It shows up. So I truly believe that that is a power animal for me, but I didn't select it. I just paid attention to what was and what is always there. And I have other animal messengers that come in time and time again, but Hawk is always there. Um, So trust what shows up. I have a good friend who turtle shows up over and over and over again. And she's like, who wants turtle? And I'm like, turtles are amazing. They, they can hibernate in winter. They tuck into their shells. They carry their homes on their backs They're, I mean, they've got a protective shell, just see who shows up and then try to call in that connection if you really want to, and just pay attention. Um, yeah, I love it too. I feel like I've had some really crazy dreams. I'm like trying to like hone in and remember specific examples now. And I'm like, Oh, sure. Like I'll probably remember, you know, middle of the night. Oh yeah. And we can always, you know, add commentary on our Instagram page and we can ask people what experiences they have. I think there'd be great talking points. Yeah. Um, There are these, I go through these phases where I dream a lot. I dream very vividly. And a lot of times it's very lucid. Mio knows this about me, but I go through these phases where I'll dream about certain things and then I won't. And so I'll ebb and flow around different topics. And there is this space of time where over six months, I dreamt repeatedly about dragons, um, yeah. a big red one in particular. And in several of those dreams, I would travel with that dragon to other places. Like we would go to other worlds, which was fascinating. And sometimes I would actually turn into this dragon. So my whole physical body would change and I would turn into this dragon, So that was fascinating. And when I looked up the energy or the medicine for dragon, it's all about protector, protectors of the earth, um, magic, pure magic. Um, A lot of people think dragons are, you know, fierce and evil and just want to cause destruction, but they're really like protectors of earth and the old ways. And um, so it's about magic and energy and pure heartedness and protection. So if you turn into an animal, pay attention to that Boy. as well. Yeah, that's, yeah, definitely write that down. <laughs> yes, or, or you might be a werewolf, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, and this is tangential, but if any of you dream about being able to breathe underwater, Ooh. have you ever had one of those dreams? Um, no, no. <laughs> like I'm, I'm more like I can fly. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Flying I'm, is amazing. Also I've, my dreams are kind of fucked up though. Like they're, they're I have recurring stuff, like house dreams where I'm stuck in houses. Oh so. yeah. I remember you telling me those. Yeah. I, I was thinking like, there's been times where I will be swimming and I can breathe underwater and Dude, it's you're like Atlantis. Or just some kind of another world that is water-based and, you know, where you don't need oxygen. Yeah. Where you, well, you, you or whatever breathe, the, you breathe whatever through the water. water. Yep. What so, the version of water. <laughs> but it could also be, you know, that energy of some kind of water-based animal that, you know, you're just taking on the energy of that and moving through. And those dreams always feel so real. So it's fascinating when I have them, but the flying dreams are really awesome. I don't have those nearly as much. 
So, okay. That was tangential. How do you discover your connection to spirit animals better? So you can learn about what the animal connections are in your family lineage. Uh, if there has been something like a family crest that has an animal attached to it, or if you, um, if you have ties to an indigenous community and you've had animals that are passed down through the generations, um, or some kind of cultural association, you could just do your due diligence and uh, learn about that animal that way, or just ask what the family history has been, pay attention to your dreams and who and what shows up. So you can do that. You can think about your past connections with certain animals, especially beloved pets or wild animal encounters that stick out to you. And then just, you know, try to go back and recreate that experience so that you can better understand why, or what might've been happening or what the message might've been. You could just journal or reflect on animals that you're really drawn to and just start asking yourself why, you know, people, some people are really drawn to certain birds or big cats or a horse you said you're having a lot of horse references lately, right? That started probably like a year ago. And then, um, it would just kept coming up in other readings or like, even just, I would talk about it with a friend and then all of a sudden what's right in the middle of my Instagram explore page. Like it would yes. be all these quotes <laughs> and then like a photo of a horse right in the middle. And then I'll open yeah. up the photo of the horse and it'll be like 44 comments. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Your magic number. Yep. Yeah. My magic number. So little things like that, where it'd be like a little, um, a little trail to all of these different horse references. And then I'll even do like the random image generator and, um, you'll have a horse, (laughs) not just one, but two. And it was like two horses together. And it was like, yeah, just some really bizarre stuff, which Uh made you pay attention, right? Because it was bizarre. I was like, (laughs) what the fuck? But then it's like, horses are freedom. Horses are independent. Yes. Um, Yes. I'll save, I'll save some of this because, uh, yeah, we'll save it for another episode. Spirit has a sense of humor. Spirit does have a sense of humor and it loves it loves it when we are actually enjoying ourselves here and playing along because it is, it's like, it's a game about your soul development. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you're drawn to, just start asking yourself why. Do a little research on it. Um, see what kind of medicine they have, see how it applies to your life and just learn about the animal or what animals, whatever, however many there are. And of course, I'm sure you've seen these too. There are these endless, endless numbers of quizzes online that you can take to figure out like what animal is in line with my personality. Um, You can try those and see what you come up with. I actually did one today and bear was my animal that aligned with me. And actually I've had several dreams about bear ripping me to shreds. Right. And in, oh my gosh. yeah. So, um, there like are mama, mama bear. Yeah. Or... It's, um, bear has, bear has interesting energy. There's the mama bear nurturing. It's a protector energy. Um, I'm just looking it up really quickly here. They are, um, setting clear boundaries, not compromising, um, asking for you want, whether you feel you'll get it or not, just speaking your truth. And, um, it's, you might need physical or emotional healing. 
um, getting on with creative projects, they are very protective. They're mama bears. Like they have Mm -hmm. babies sometimes too. Um, and they gestate for almost a year and they, you know, they really put all of their resources into one or two offspring at a time. So it's, it's a lot of intensive nurturing energy. Um, it's about staying grounded and bringing your dreams and plans into fruition. So investing your energy in what you want to birth, right. And taking care of it. Like it's your baby. So that energy makes sense to me. Um, yep. Enough hiding. It's time to come out and meet the world. So showing yourself all kinds of stuff. It's, it's confidence, it's protection. It's, um, coming in as a strong presence. So yeah, that energy makes sense to me, but so yeah, you guys can take one of the quizzes and see, (laughs) see how that pans out for you, but just also know that that's just a place to start and really use your own intuition, like pay attention to who shows up and when, and what's going on around you and how often they show up. And, and of course go outside go be in nature and see what, see what happens. So I've stumbled across rattlesnakes when I'm hiking, like just crazy shit. Oh, yeah. I've been on, uh, I was at a wedding like in Big Sur and randomly a snake, like totally just like went and crossed my path right in front yeah. of me. Yep. Yeah. You pay attention. I was sitting in my, at my dining room table a couple of years ago and I was working on something and I had a freaking frog, a tree frog jump onto my foot inside my house. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, well, where did you come from? It must've been like hiding in one of my plants that I had brought in from outside, but that thing started climbing up my leg. Right. So I knew I had to look it, up. That from- would have shit out of me <laughs> oh, they're really cute. Tree frogs are really great. <laughs> so yeah, I knew I had to look up that medicine too. So I think that's all I have on spirit animals. I know that this could be just the start of a discussion, I think we're, this is pretty exhaustive. We're good. Yeah. I mean, like people might send questions or whatever, but it's been fun to talk about. And, um, we're anxious to hear what you guys, what experiences you guys have had with animals and how you interpret them and anything else, Mio? No, that was everything. Um, that was all the stories that I, I was glad that we got to learn and, that's, that's literally that's all I have. <laughs> that's okay. It's one of the topics that I find fascinating and I'm glad that we were able to cover it. So you guys, I hope you enjoyed it. Please let us know when we, you know, post this, you can leave us a review. Um, you can connect with us on Instagram on our souls and stardust podcast, uh, page and let us know what you think. Um, or you can find each of us on Instagram at Mio Baclini or Gratitude Maven. We always love to interact with you. So we hope to see you very soon. And thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Shannon and that's Mio. We appreciate so much all of the love and support of the last couple of years while we create all the things for you, including this podcast. There are other ways you can support us as well. You can now visit the soulsandstardustpodcast.com where you can order oracle decks, book readings, and healing sessions. You can join the collective, a membership group where we offer access to extended readings, mini courses on reading astrology charts, or creating your own oracle deck. 
also meditations, and so much more. You could also join us on social media. We are on Instagram at Mio Baglini and at Gratitude Maven or at Souls and Stardust Podcast. We hope to see you there.